Welcome to TPI Talk in 20, where we're making entrepreneurship and investing a team sport. The Players Impact is an exclusive network of athletes, artists, and collaborators inspired and encouraged to shape the future we envision. Through opportunity, education, and influence, our elite collective accelerates the potential of every member to transcend any game. At The Players Impact, we are about legacy beyond our professional careers. We are bringing our diverse community of investors, entrepreneurs, and those in transition together through this podcast with thought leadership, subject matter expertise, and peer advice. Listen to us where you find your favorite podcasts. You don't want to miss hearing from our team of professional athletes, venture capitalists, and other founding CEOs about their stories, opportunities, and experiences. I'm Tracy DeForge, the founder and CEO, your host of TPI Talking 20. I would just make sure, Tracy, that you're looking at this one. Well, I guess if you're talking to Kristen, that'll be, you don't have to look at this when you're doing the intro, but when you're talking to her. Yeah. I just got to move this over to that screen and then I'll be okay. So does this sound right? Listen to find out about Kristen's 20 year plus years in sports marketing, her dream. Um, uh, you could say listen to learn about Kristen's 20 plus years in sports instead of like listen to find out it just seems like a little chunky. If that would be better. Yeah. How about if it's join us to hear about? I mean, okay. She's in the waiting room. She, okay. she just got there. Okay, so let's do this real quick. Welcome to TPI Talking 20. Today we are joined by one of our advisors and a good friend of mine, Kristen Kaliga. Join us to hear about Kristen's 20 plus years in the sports marketing industry, her journey to become the founder of K Sports and Entertainment and how she came to be part of the TPI family. Kristen, Tell us a little bit more about you. We're very excited to have you here today. And of course, I know you've become um, not only an advisor to TPI, but a good friend throughout this journey. Um, but for our listeners, tell us a little bit about your background as diverse of a journey uh, as you've had. It's, it's intriguing to us, so. Sure, thanks so much for having me, Tracy and TPI team. Um, it's been a pleasure to have worked with you for the past couple of years and looking forward to the future. Um, my background, uh, I started in the sports industry right out of law school back in the mid nineties at a sports agency called Wolf Associates, Bob Wolf Associates. And there I worked in a variety of capacities from producing TV shows for ESPN and selling all the sponsorship to helping with events, uh, worked on salary arbitration cases in hockey and baseball, uh, and also worked in athlete marketing and, and worked with the agents on contract negotiations. So really had a diverse background in sports. 
I had worked with one client in particular, uh, Doug Flutie, back in the 90s, and we helped to bring him back to the NFL and then created a, an interesting product called Flutie Flakes that benefited his charity and foundation that we helped to, him to start. And uh, from there, I went on to work at a venture capital firm that had investments in sports and entertainment. It was a really horrible timing of 2000 through 2004 when the dot-com bubble was bursting, but learned a tremendous amount. And there I helped to raise capital. We had incubated one of our entertainment companies. And when I left, uh, Flutie had left with me, he asked if I could represent him. So I continued to represent him, got my uh, certification from the NFLPA to represent NFL players and negotiated Doug's contract with the Chargers that year. Uh, which I didn't know it at the time, but it was the first time that a woman had negotiated a, a big NFL contract. And from there, a number of, of players had asked if that I'd worked with before, asked if I would represent them. And so whether it was just for marketing or for their contract as well, I picked up about five or six clients and started a little sports agency on the side while I was at the VC. Um, ended up, uh, the VC had closed. I helped to negotiate one of the portfolio companies to uh, the sale of that company to um, uh, another company, consulted with that company and that helped me to launch my own business. And so I started K Sports and Entertainment and uh, over the years have had a number of different um, sort of partnerships, et cetera. Um, most recently I merged the company with Vanguard Sports uh, Joby Branion is the founder and uh, very well-known sport, uh, sports agent. And uh, what I do is business development um, and help look for opportunities for our athletes that are non-traditional marketing or for our company to help early stage companies expand and grow. And I also still represent NFL players as well and have a, a rookie this year. Uh, that did very well at his pro day. Um, and I also, about five years ago, was seeing uh, a lot of opportunity for um, in the business development side for companies that needed to raise capital. And so I um, uh, took my FINRA exams and I have my series 82 and 63 so I can help companies raise capital as well. And so I hold my licenses with Charlestown uh, holdings and Charlestown Securities rather, and uh, help uh, a variety of different types of companies raise capital. And I am a proud uh, board of advisor member to the Players Impact. Wow, where do we start with all of that information? That's amazing journey um, and so diverse, right? Like using your your law background in so many different ways. But you know, this year we've seen so much around. You know, breaking of the glass ceiling and, and women in sports leadership um, positions, executives inside of leagues and, and coaching. And now the first female ref, you, you mentioned you're the first female agent to negotiate a big NFL contract. You have to tell us a little bit, and this was so long ago at this point, you know, before we were having these conversations, tell us a little bit about the challenges that you faced being, you know, um, in, in an environment of a very male dominated industry before you had sort of the uh, support of other women. Sure, sure. So, I, you know, I just didn't know any better, right? I, I went to law school, it was 50-50 male to females. Um, you know, my, my parents always supported anything that my sister and I wanted to do and my brother. And so I, I just, I never felt like I was any different. 
um, or that, you know, I had a disadvantage. And when I first started in the business uh, was my first, you know, eye-opening experience of, of being treated differently. Um, and I think for me, you know, I always try to find a way to dig deep and, and, and find humor in situations and, um, and, and try to have a comeback that would put people in their place that didn't um, really believe I could do it because I was a woman or were insecure because I was a woman or whatever it might be, or, you know, sexual harassment, all of that stuff. Um, and so I think, you know, it was very difficult at times. I, I won't lie. You know, you have to, there are times when you just are brought to tears and you have to hold it in and hide it and, and figure out your solution. But I use that as a, as, as fuel really to, to really um, uh, convince people that I, I can do it. And one of my first um, instances was when I was at that first agency and they were hiring a basketball agent and kept saying, when we hire him, he, him, and I tongue in cheek said, or her. And the agent looked at me and said, what are you talking about? There's no effing way we'd hire a woman as an agent. A woman can't be an agent. And so that just really um, uh, kind of spurred something in me that said, I don't know when or how, but I'm going to prove him wrong. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, that was sort of the, one of the first instances and across over the years, there's been multiple, multiple challenges. Um, even just a few years ago, there was an agent that, you know, yelled across a, a bar at the combine while I was sitting with, you know, a general manager and coach and another agent, you know, something really inappropriate. And long story short, you know, my comeback was a year later, he had apologized and said, whatever you want. And when we were at this one establishment, he came up to me and said, I'll, you know, the tab's on me. So I proceeded to buy everyone, you know, scouts <laughs> and, and DMs and whomever was with me um, drinks so that the tab came back and it was, you know, a, a, over a thousand dollars and gave it to him. So I think he hopefully will remember that the next time that he uh, wants to be inappropriate. Um, so those were sort of all uh, sort of the way that I dealt with it. Mm -hmm. um, the hardest part for me was just when people felt as though you couldn't do it because you're a woman. And I think that particularly the NFL scouts and, and GMs and coaches um, ultimately respected what I brought to the table. I never felt it from them. I actually always felt a, a mentorship and, and really trying to help me as the underdog. And I think also though, you know, my clients, a lot of them were under the radar. Um, other, you know, Flutie was even under the radar, you know, when he came back to the NFL and I had players that had long careers in the NFL, like nine, 10 years. And so I think that, that, that scouts knew that I understood talent and, you know, what it would take and produce, you know, really great guys off the field and on the field for them. So that helped to bring, build my credibility for sure. Yeah. Would you say like the lowest of low has been in your career? As you're, like, was it that fighting as a woman or was it something, you know, completely different, but in, in, in any aspect of your career, not just in your agency? I would say um, probably the lowest for me um, was, uh, you know, I had a partnership with, um, with a couple of, of gentlemen um, back about 10 years ago and um, it, it, it didn't work out and they basically, um, didn't want me to be part of the, the company as an equal partner. And 
it really, really hurt me because I worked really hard. I brought deals to the table um, and whatnot. And it just really became clear that it just wasn't, um, the way we all gelled wasn't working. And that really, really hurt me. I was um, really upset about that, um, but it's amazing how things work out for the, for the best. Um, you know, that company ended up um, not surviving about four or five years after I left, unfortunately. And um, the investor had asked if I would take over a part of the company. Um, so with one, another partner that um, had left as well. And so, you know, it's interesting while it was so hurtful at the beginning, if you just keep going and you just know you can do it um, and, and reach out to the people around you that, that you can survive through that. And, you know, the outcome was much better than, than probably if I'd stayed there in the caustic environment. Um, so that was really probably the toughest experience. But those, all those experiences also just make you realize that, you know, you might have a really terrible day one day and, you know, something doesn't go through. But if you keep going the next day, something really positive would happen. Um, you know, another instance of that that I always go back to is, you know, clients will, will, will terminate you for reasons that don't make sense. Um, and early on, you know, if I didn't sign a player or a, a client terminated me, I took it really personally. And the longer I've been in this career, the more that, that it's usually more about them than it is about you. And, um, you know, you try not to take it personally. And I think now it's usually 24 hours and then I'm usually over it. Um, <laughs> but I, I had, a, a, I don't know, probably about six, seven years, probably longer than that, probably about eight or nine years ago, I had a player that um, we put a lot of money behind in his training and his housing to get ready for the combine. And um, he ended up being a six round pick and we were all elated and excited. And two days later, he fired me because I should have known that he was going to be a six round pick and paid him more money. Ugh. And I was, I was, you know, just like, I can't believe this. Like, this is crazy. And, you know, the next day I got a call from an, an, an NFL scout that used to be a client and said, hey, there's a, there's a player at this other school. It's an under the radar school. He doesn't have an agent and he had an amazing pro day. I think you should reach out to him. So I did and ended up representing him. And that player ended up making the 53 man roster. And it was very little, I don't think any money that I paid. Um, and he made the, you know, he was a client for five years and played in the league. And that other player um, was on a practice squad that year. And I think maybe played one more year and that was it. So, you know, I it all works out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I always go back to that. Yeah, just because you have a bad day doesn't mean you have a bad life, right? And you, you gotta just figure out how to move on. That's amazing. And so I guess conversely, you, you've so much you've done to be proud of, including just picking up after a bad day or a bad time and not giving up. But what would you say is your proudest accomplishment? Is it starting K-Sports or is it like of all, of all the things you've been able to do? I would say that, I mean, there are multiple things, but yes, I mean, I think starting, you know, being an entrepreneur, surviving through all of those challenges um, is, 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 is definitely up there. Um, I also think having a client for 26 years 
um, which I have, and I still work with Flutie is, you know, that's something as well that, you know, that doesn't happen often um, that you have that long of a relationship. And, and I think that that means that we have mutual respect for each other. We trust each other. We have our moments, but you know, you, he knows that I believe that I have his best interests. Um, That's a, that's a really interesting dynamic, right? When you talk about an athlete and their agent and the relationship that usually is while they're playing. And so to have a 26 year career representing one player, keeping him relevant and giving him those opportunities, um, that is amazing. And so a little bit about, about Doug and like how you think, not necessarily about Doug, but other athletes that you work with, you mentioned earlier about good people and like holistically looking at the athletes and their opportunities now with things that you're doing with Vanguard on the business development side, how has the landscape changed? And, and someone like a Doug, how, what is he thinking about the world as it, as it is now versus when he played? Sure, sure. So I think that the, the whole landscape um, has from the marketing and branding side has completely changed. When I started, there was no internet, there was no social media. <laughs> And, you know, and you did traditional marketing or licensing deals, um, you know, and now it's so it's, it, you know, that part has changed that even now with the whole NIL and name image likeness mm-hmm. with college players, you know, it's really educating those players of the importance of their social media and building those numbers. And, you know, I, I think with Doug, what we've been looking at really is, is how can we, and, and any player that's that's even playing or retired is how can you maximize your income with making your time more efficient? And I think COVID, you know, quite honestly has taught us that we can and and the athletes can, they can do Zoom calls, they can do Twitch. um, Cameos. Cameos, exactly, who's a, who is a portfolio company of TBI. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Um, and all of these other ways that they can actually make money. You know, Doug started a podcast and it's with SiriusXM called Flutie Flakes Cast. Really fun. We've had, he's had amazing guests, um, Hall of Fame players, and he can do it right from his own house. Um, yeah. And licensing deals are, you know, something that, you know, where you could have opportunities for 10, 15 years down the road with a licensing deal and equity opportunities for, you know, whether it's a straight, you know, an exchange instead of and in lieu of getting a, you know, a short transactional fee of a hundred grand or whatever it may be, actually getting equity into a company um, that you own a piece of is really something that I think athletes are or should be looking at because it's a long-term opportunity to make money way into the future, even beyond when, you know, their playing days. Um, and, or if they can put in, you know, if it does require a, 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 an actual investment, there are opportunities like through TPI where they can diversify the risk, put in smaller amounts like $2,500 and be part of something that can really have a longer term opportunity for making money for them. So I think, you know, for us, we're really trying to look for alternative opportunities for these guys rather than, you know, the quick 10 grand, you do the appearance, you know, it's great money, obviously. And if, I'm not saying don't continue to do those, but I, I think what we're really trying to do is look for those alternative opportunities. Yeah. Um, so 
two, two bits of advice. One would be to the, the athlete, your newest client, for example, as you're, you're, you um, mentioned he had a great pro day. What are you advising him in this now very noisy world? Like, what's the one piece of advice that you're trying to impart as you're, you're bringing these guys up? Sure. Well, you know, I think, you know, for, first and foremost, they need to focus on what they're doing on the field. And if they perform well on the field, that opens up the door to so many other things. And so you don't want to be doing everything and in, 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 in anything um, that will take and distract from what you need to do on the field. Um, I think the other part is right now, know that anything you post in social media or any text that you sent, send can be used <laughs> in the public realm. So you have to assume if you put anything in writing electronically that it could be used out there in the public. And so really be conscious of what you do post um, or what you even exchange in text or emails through other people or WhatsApp or whatever you're doing, uh, whatever medium you're using. And so that's yeah. number one. And number two is you know really start to be thoughtful of how you build your social media authentically. Um, and so that's something that I believe is just going to continue to become more and more and more important. Yeah. Um, and then it's, it's, it's really looking for, um, for, for ways in which to make money through traditional marketing, but also, you know, with your financial advisor, you know, definitely put, make sure you're putting money away working with a financial advisor to investing in conservative um, uh, equities and, and, and debt and in the public markets and in, um, you know, with your 401k, make sure you're contributing and doing all of those things, but work with your financial advisor to look at what is your discretionary monies that you can spend. And if that's, you know, $100,000 a year, let's just say with from an athlete that their financial advisor gives them, instead of going and buying the Louis Vuitton or the Gucci or the $100,000 car or whatever it may be, use some of it, you know, buy your, you know, buy something nice, buy your, your, your $40,000, $60,000 car and take that difference and put it into some, some private equity deals and learn from it. Learn and learn how you would vet those deals. And those are deals that can eventually pay a lot more back to you. Um, your car is not going to, it's a depreciating asset <laughs> the minute you buy it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you buy artwork or something like that, then that hopefully it does have appreciative value. But you know, really try to diversify overall and don't buy those things that aren't going to pay you back. Use that discretionary money to put it into some private equity opportunities. Yeah, join TPI, right? And you'll join get all TPI. those opportunities. It's free. It's free <laughs> exactly, it's free for the athletes. Join, learn about venture. Um, if you want to be an entrepreneur as an athlete, you can join your, um, the athlete um, educational program yeah. uh, to, to learn the, the various tricks of the trade and be connected with people that can help you with your business, et cetera. So absolutely. How, how the second bit of advice was to yourself, your younger self, knowing what you know today and the changes and pivots that you've made, what is advice you would have given uh, that that Kristen Kaliga is straight out of law school. 
or maybe even sooner if you didn't. Yeah, right. Um, you know, I don't, you know, I guess at the time, I think going to law school was something that, that we kind of needed to do for credibility. I think now, you know, I don't, I would probably tell myself, don't go to law school and, and uh, pay the, you know, $150,000 that, you know, is three years behind coming into the workplace. Um, and I would probably maybe, you know, work and, 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 try and, and look at opportunities on the financial side of this business because that's something that I really, really enjoy, but I didn't know anybody that did it at the time. So that would be some advice that I would give um, and then maybe get an MBA or, or something. But I, and then the other advice I would say, particularly, you know, as, as, as the NFL agent and just going out and thinking I could do it is, is don't spend as much money on the players that are, not going to be drafted because you will risk losing a lot of money. And I think the biggest thing is I would say to probably work at a, a company longer and maybe a bigger company, like a, like a league or a team or one of the big agencies and, you know, make a little bit more money to be a little bit more stable before going out on my own, um, you know, or, you know, get an investor or, or somebody that can help support you on the financial side because being an entrepreneur is really hard. And, yes. yes, it is. And you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and that's really great advice, right? That we, we talk to the athletes who, who may have the means by which to finance their, their business endeavors, uh, but doesn't mean they should, right? And, and how do you get support and ask for help and making sure that you're doing the right thing just because you can doesn't mean you should. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And, and I think, you know, we just had this conversation the other night um, on a class that I teach about just even the nonprofit side. And, you know, for an athlete, even though the athlete may have the money to start a nonprofit, you know, you it's more than just about the money. It's about having infrastructure in place. And it's it's kind mm -hmm. of the same thing. Um, you know, if you're investing or you're starting your own business is make sure you have the assistants and the mentors and the people around you that can help the coaches you. is what they're used to, right? Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're we're right about at the 20 mark, but I want to end. I'm a huge condiment person. This is a fun question for you, Kristen. Um, so I dress everything up. What if you could choose one dipping sauce to use for the rest of your life? What would it be and why? Ooh, <laughs> um, it would probably be like a winey wine cheese sauce with like bread <laughs> or pretzels or something to to dip in. Um, mm -hmm. And why? Ooh, I don't know. I mean, I love wine, and I. I, you know, just sort of the salty taste. I'm more of a salty person than I am a, a Me too. person. Me too. So maybe, maybe that says more of, <laughs> maybe that's why I've been able to survive in this is I'm more of a salty person. <laughs> a salty girl. Uh, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kristen. Uh, always you. enjoy talking to you. So appreciate it. And um, we'll be talking to you soon. Thank you. You too. Thanks, Tracy. Right. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Kristen, thank you so much for being on TPI Talk in 20. It is always a pleasure when we get to sync up. Uh, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and check out our new website to see what we're up to. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for more TPI Talk in 20.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.